0: Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording, and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. Good morning, everyone. Today is another special day and episode 15 of What You Say in English, the podcast in which I hear what you have to say in English and give you feedback. But this time I am not, uh, I will not have another person speak. Um, I would like to talk about a a topic which um, has become quite widespread. And that's the topic of fluency. And I know that uh, defining fluency is a little tricky and when you talk about uh language proficiency and when you when you are a learner of a language you are sometimes faced with the question are you fluent in a, in a language and that's a that's a very tricky question because it, even even though I'm I've, I've been a teacher for a long time I it's even hard for me to define it in simple words because fluency is what you know everybody wants and when when people talk about speaking in english for example in in my case when when i listen to my students and when i ask them like what do you want to get in english what how proficient do you want to get and you know they everybody usually says that you know they want to be fluent speakers but what what is fluency really i've i've actually asked a lot of my coworkers uh colleagues and you know fellow teachers uh what they think fluency is and it's very hard to find a a very common term that you know they can all agree with the BBC website defines it as you know fluency in a language means speaking easily reasonably quickly and without having to stop and pause a lot becoming fluent in a language can take many years but here are some tips blah 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 so they they have a website in which they talk about the different things that students can do to achieve fluency when you look at wikipedia we encounter uh, the word natural i mean as as a part of uh, fluency in a language when uh, of course the article comes with different definitions and depending for example if you're talking about first language second language and and this is i think this is very wide The term fluency uh, in teaching, for example, we usually use it in combination with accuracy. Accuracy is the capacity that students have to speak correctly, um, using grammar and vocabulary exactly as it as it's intended, and you know, in order in order to be understood by other people. But again, it's it's a little wide. I think that the term is used very loosely and i think that a lot of people put too much focus on the the term of fluency and i would like to talk about uh, certain examples in which you can be highly fluent i mean very fluent if you consider for example the speed of the delivery i mean how fast and how natural you can sound but you can have terrible accuracy. I believe that when you, when you define fluency, when you talk about fluency, I think we should, in a way, like step away, try to get away from that concept and think more about intelligibility. I think um, the term intelligibility should be more important. When we consider learning a language, the idea, the whole idea is that people around us can understand what you say. If you take a look at the band descriptors for speaking, uh, when an examiner, um, an IELTS examiner is considering um, your um, participation in, in, in an exam, I mean, the term fluency comes up. One of the criteria actually is fluency and coherence and you know the term fluent or fluency comes up in at different levels for example at band 9 th- uh, the speaker uh, the person speaks fluently that this is what it says with only rare repetition or self correction then when you go down to band 7 for example uh, the person the candidate speaks at length without noticeable e- uh, effort so the word effort comes up um, when you go down to six, for example, is willing to speak at at length, uh, though may lose coherence at at times due to occasional repetition. So we have the word repetition. I think um, if you if we consider this, I mean it's it's a little tricky. I know that IELTS examiners are trained in in spotting these things. But as a personal, as, a, as an everyday person trying to learn a language, these terms can become very confusing because when we consider fluency, is it, is it about pronunciation? Is it about how, how many words I know? Is it about, um, well, we know that uh, accuracy is more related to grammar than, um, you know, the grammatical range and not really about how fast or how slow you can speak actually i've considered i've always, I've always thought that people who speak really, really fast are very unintelligible, even in your own language, if you try to listen to someone who speaks very quickly, you can still process a lot of the information you have uh you you're listening to. One example in which uh, I'm thinking of in which you can have a lot of fluency but uh, you lack um, you know intelligibility or you c- you lack a little bit of accuracy um, you make you know several mistakes um, is is this example of Uncle Roger I for everybody for those who don't know Uncle Roger he's a youtuber and he criticizes critiques I mean he gives critiques I mean funny critiques about people cooking asian food and he became a little bit of a viral sensation well at least that was my impression because um i got it in my twitter uh feed and also my facebook feed it uh, came up in my youtube um feed as well That this this person um he's really funny I have to say, and uh, he's critiquing. I mean, he's giving his opinion about p- other people, Westerners, for example, people like Jamie Oliver or G- Gordon Ramsay cooking Asian food, and he he does it in a very typical way. I'm, and I have my reservations about him because I think he's, he's more like a character. I think he, he speaks English a lot better than he pretends to show. Um, But it's a very good example in which you can have fluency, and I think he has really good fluency, I mean, in terms of speed and delivery, but he does so with a lot of mistakes, I mean, which is, you know, they don't actually impede, um, you know, understanding, and that's, obviously, he's become quite famous, I mean, he's become quite noticeable now, And, and this is what he says who afraid of egg fried rice is the most common dish everybody eat egg fried rice who afraid why are you afraid of egg fried rice where your courage uncle roger scare ghost but you scare egg fried rice well if you noticed for example he uh, omitted he didn't say for example a lot of the articles He omitted like simple grammatical words that, you know, may reduce his use of accuracy. I mean, he has had several mistakes, but did that make him less understandable? I think he he was still understandable. He was in the border between becoming not understandable and being fully understandable. And people could follow. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't become he wouldn't have become famous. But it's a very good example in which you can feel that he can, he he doesn't stop. I mean, he actually uses intonation, he uses, you know, for comedic effect and, you know, several other things that, you know, people can do. But in, in his own way, you can sense that he's got fluency but not accuracy. And is it really about the way he is linking words together or is it the way... Is, is it really pronunciation? Is it really vocabulary? Um, so it's very tricky. I would say it's very tricky to define, to spot, I mean, to say if he's a fluent speaker or not. I mean, he has a very strong Asian accent. Um, and again, I mean, I'm, I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if he's exaggerating or he can speak English a lot better. I That's my impression. I think he can uh, speak English a lot better and he's just putting up an accent, just for you know, comedic effect. Now, the term fluency, and this is something which strikes me as you know different. When you when you live and and work in an English-only speaking environment, for example, let's let's say um, I'm talking about my monolingual. Uh, English-speaking friends, I wouldn't say that fluency is a term that is used commonly. If you hear a person, and the person has this capacity to communicate ideas um, very well, we don't generally use the word fluency to say, oh, he's a very, or she's a very fluent speaker. We would probably say the word articulate. I mean, oh, she's very articulate. She's very eloquent. Um, So we use the word eloquence or uh articulation to refer to a person who can speak at length with n- unnecessary uh without unnecessary pauses um and and you know this is this is my point and and this is what strikes me as interesting because when we look at a second language learner we we immediately talk about fluency i mean when you talk about another language i mean we say fluency but in your own language, do you actually use the word fluency to describe the capacity you have to speak your own language, your first language? And this is interesting. I think it's very interesting because what is language fluency anyway? The, the, there's a person, um, she's an expert. Her name is Chia Swa Song. Uh, she's a trainer, a, a teacher trainer, cultural expert, and she's written many things. I really recommend uh, reading some of her articles Um, she has written um, for the website ETP, uh, English uh, Teaching Professional website. And she questions this term and and she puts it to the test and she talks about what fluency really is. And I think it's very interesting. I will put the post, uh, the the link to the post in, in the description of today's episode. And I think she makes some interesting points because, for example, um, when we think about fluency, we we think about pauses, how many pauses the person is making. And I think it's a little unfair. And she thinks, uh, from what I gather in what she says, I mean, it's a little unfair to penalize candidates or students for making pauses. Pauses are part of everyday speech and for every person in your own language. Think about how many pauses you make to, you know, gather ideas, to think about what you're going to say. And is it really fair, for example, to put, you know, students under that stress of, oh, you have to speak without making pauses? I I would say it's an unnecessary, you know, strain in which you can uh, put your students under. And she introduces a term in which I also, you know, I also consider, which is automaticity automaticity is the capacity you have to automatically, you know, build up a sentence without the help of, you know, trying to remember vocabulary or trying to remember how the word is pronounced. And you gain automaticity as, you know, the more practice you have with the language. And I would say that it's more achievable, more measurable um, you know, term when it comes to language learning. I th- I would say that being more more or less automatic the way you produce the language i think it's it's more measurable but fluency is very fuzzy it's a very fuzzy term which you know at, at what level are you a fluent speaker are you fluent for example when you are a b1 learner or b2 or c1 this is quite tricky and of course how how high can you get in a language i mean can you get a to a c1 C, c2 for example which is considered proficiency even in your own language i mean are you better in your language in your own language than other people in your own language i mean when you talk to other people this these are terms that should be considered uh you know like probably more research should be done Um, you know, in order to define what fluency is. I I, I would say it's a very tricky term and in in many ways we use it very lightly. And I would say, for example, if we consider the uh, native speaker standard as fluency, it becomes even worse. Um, because according to expert, and and, and Chia Swang is uh, another expert, I mean, she, she has written about this, um, native speakers are usually the worst communicators in English. And this is very funny, because uh, remember that uh, we are in a globalized world, and English has become a, an international language, whether we like it or not, I don't have any problem with it, but... Um, for many people, whether they like it or not, English has become an international language. David Crystal, she, he's a he's an authority in this, in, in you know, in the language teaching world. David Crystal says, I mean, he wrote about it in a book that for every native speaker, there are three non-native speakers of English. So there are there are more non-native speakers of English than native speakers in the world, and that that says. Uh, that tells you something really important. It means that you have more chances to speak with another person whose first language is not English than, than facing, I mean, uh, than speaking with a person whose first language is English. And it's a matter of statistics. And when it comes to the business world, for example, um, native speakers usually have, are usually at a disadvantage because sometimes they go to work in different environments and they cannot get their message across. And it's not because of the lack of knowledge of, of the other people, the uh, you know, the people whose first uh, language is not English, but it's a matter of adapting to an international culture. And it is, is that part of fluency? Because if you think of it, the native speaker is, I mean, we assume that he's fluent in the language, but is he or is she getting their message across? And there's an anecdote a very um, you know funny anecdote, but you know bad for the company. Um, in the article, I will also put the the link to the article in the description. In the article, for example, uh, they mention um, this expert Chia Swang, uh, she uh, mentions for example, that there was one occasion in which the person and I will I will uh, read a short except, uh, extract of the of the article. The article says that it was an email that the company sent a person who's a native speaker of English. uh, This person sent an email, but it triggered a a huge financial loss, losses for a multinational company. The message was written in English and it was sent, as I said, uh, by a native native speaker uh, to a colleague for whom English was a second language. The person was in short, I mean, the person who received the email read one word in that email, and the person was not, um, sure about the word. I mean, was not sure about the meaning. So this person found two contradictory meanings in his dictionary and he acted on the wrong meaning of the word. So the, just to recap a little bit, the email had uh, a word which in, you know, the person receiving the email didn't understand. And of course, you know, as natural, we, we would we would, you know, I don't know what it what it means. I'm gonna go to the dictionary and find the meaning. And of course, the dictionary gave two contradictory definitions, and the person acted on the wrong definition. Months later, uh, senior advice, uh, senior management investigated why the project had flopped, costing hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it all traced traced back to this one word she didn't reveal the 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 word um, because it's a very you know very specific word used in a very specific context and she would give away immediately the name of the company but you know things spiraled out of control because both parties were taking the opposite we thinking the opposite And of course, that kind of misunderstanding can happen. If you think about whose fault was it, I would say that it was uh, the native speaker's fault. Because sometimes when you communicate with other people, um, you know, you think that they're, they're going to understand all the cultural references from your own language. And that's, and that's something that we also consider when we think about fluency. Oh, I, oh because I, I don't, I'm not fluent because I don't know all the expressions that native speakers use in their own everyday communication. And, and that's another mistake. I would say that fluency is the capacity to be, uh, to understand other people and to be understood. And if you look at it, it's just another term for intelligibility. Um, that's why I always strive. And every time I listen to people speak and, and try to, um, when I give them feedback, I always go back to intelligibility. I think intelligibility is a more measurable, even though it's not easy to, to identify, um, intelligibility. I think it should be the key more than fluency. I think fluency is a very fuzzy term and I try not to use it in my own everyday, um, teaching. Um, of course I, I encourage uh, my in my classes for example I encourage uh, you know students to communicate as much as possible to increase uh, student talking time and you know I, I, I program different activities in which they can communicate of course but you know I, I never I avoid as much as possible to you know use the term fluency too much <laughs> So, my advice for today and and this will bring me to the end of the episode is that stop thinking about fluency as a goal um uh, to learn English. think about more as you know how effective your uh message is and how um how i how you can make yourself understood and you know have other people uh, let other people understand what you say. And that is, that should be your goal. And and I can't say this enough. I mean, intelligibility, um, you know, how easy it is for another person to understand what you say should be the goal. And not because you have this accent, that accent, or that you can speak, uh, you know, uh, without making unnecessary stops and, you know, hesitation. I mean, of course that, that can help. I mean, that, and, and that can be on your you know that can play against you but remember intelligibility is the key and and try to sound as clear as possible automaticity will come later uh um, the more you practice so this is this is what i want you to get from from today's episode that you become fluent. I mean, in your own way, you can become fluent. but you know, in terms of intelligibility, it's this is this is what we this is what my aim is uh, when when I produce this podcast. So thank you very much for listening today. And next week, I will have uh, I will do an analysis of, you know, I will come back to this uh, term again, intelligibility and fluency, of course, but in under another light, and I will, I will analyze this, uh, the speech of one person from one of the founders of uh, Kanguro English. His name is Pasquale, and he's from Italy. And uh, he says that he wants to become more fluent in English, but I believe that he does a fantastic job. And I will, I will tell you why he, he does a fantastic job. Okay, so stay tuned. And until next week, this is What You Say in English. Bye-bye.